Welcome to this edition of Ahead of the Curve here on Shelbyville Now. Today's guest speaker is Catherine Austin Fitz. Catherine is president of Solari Incorporated, publisher of the Solari Report, and managing member of Solari Investment Screens, LLC. She also spent time uh, with the Bush administration uh, as assistant secretary of housing and federal housing commissioner at the United States Department of Housing and Urban Development. Catherine is an expert in world finance and um, we've spoke with uh, Catherine before, and we welcome her back today to talk about um, the issues facing us and our financial freedom. Um, let's welcome Catherine. Uh, Catherine, it's good to sit down with you again and um, talk about some of the concerns that uh, you and I have discussed before. Um, how are things there in the Netherlands, and uh, how have you been? Well, it's cold. <laughs> Sure. You know we're on we're next to the North Sea, so it's it gets very windy and wintry here. But it you know it's nice, and uh, it's great to be back with you. I prefer being in person, but oh, I, I am going to be in yeah. Tennessee in April, so I look forward to sitting down really in person with you. But yeah. everything's great here. Although I I got to tell you, the farmers are under attack, the farmers yeah. and the fishermen. Anybody who's providing good, healthy, fresh food is under attack. Definitely. And here in the yeah. States, I don't know if you've been following it, our egg situation. Um, yep. There's this um, theory that there's a flu going around with the birds. And then and then we have all of a sudden an egg processing plant gets burned to the ground. Um, and, and The we, only flu the birds have, my guess, is central banking flu. Central <laughs> bankers who want to control the food supply. That's terrible. Well, let's yeah, talk there's about... a big seed producer in Virginia who just burnt down. So I was just about to go give money on the crowdfund. Wow. When did that happen? Uh, it just happened a few days, you know, in the last couple of days. I was well, just I getting a report from, from one of our team who's in Virginia. It's horrible. That is bad. I, I hope yeah. it's not the place we were going to visit in April. I have a friend that uh, he's into the heirloom seeds and he, he had met a uh, company, some people that own a company up there, and we were going to visit that, and I was going to check that out. Um, but Catherine, let's talk about the CBDC situation, where it right. stands today, and I, I would like to hear your take on how this might be ushered in. Uh, is it going to happen just all of a sudden, or is it going to be a gradual thing like we're seeing already? So central CBDC stands for Central Bank Digital Currency, and the important thing to understand about that name is it's not a currency. Right. <laughs> it's a control system and it's here to control you and control and ultimately I think steal your assets. So when the World Economic Forum says it's 2030 and you have no assets, this is one of the primary tools that, that can deliver that result. So, so central bank digital currencies are part of central control of our financial transactions. And if you look at the last 20 or 30 years, the increase in central control, whether through rules or regulations or technology and the banking systems, that increase in control on the freedom of our financial transactions has been going on for years and years and years. And and you need to see that as a continuum. So I just uh, tried to sign up for an ACH program for online systems. And I refused to sign it. I ended up, it took three weeks of reading 135 pages of terms and conditions because I always read the terms and conditions on a payment mechanism. And if I had signed that, if I just agreed, I would have given them the right to come into 
our company's bank account, empty it out, and keep the money for six months without a court order or any proof or evidence of any wrongdoing. So, I mean, so it's just, so all these rules and regulations are growing, 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 you know, so now you're not allowed to use your credit card to do certain kinds of transactions, et cetera. Anyway, so just remember, it's being ushered in now. The right. more controls they put, like when the, when the, you know, when the IRS said you got to report, you know, the banks have to report any transaction over six, you know, that's just this sneaking in. Now, the final control is when your bank account is at the central bank and it's not considered your money. It's considered an expression of central bank liability and they control. And what that means is if they have a problem with inflation, they can freeze your account. You can't use your money. But they can set rules and regulations about where and how you can use your money. So if they don't want you, you know, if you live in Shelbyville and they say, you know, it's a lockdown, you can't go to Nashville, then your credit card, your bank account, it won't work. Your debit card won't work in Nashville. You know, so they have spatial control. And then if they don't want you buying certain things, if they say, you know, you're not healthy and you shouldn't be eating pizza, then your credit card cannot pay for, you know, it won't work at the pizzeria. So they can make very complex rules and regulations and they can manage and enforce them by software. So they don't need a lot of, you know, Stasi agents following you around. They don't need men in black following you around. They can have thousands and thousands of AI software bots following you around and just enforcing all these rules. And these rules literally can be made centrally, not just at the Federal Reserve in New York, or Washington, but at the Bank of International Settlements in Switzerland can write those rules and enforce those rules by digital systems. So this is sort of the ultimate central control enforced with digital systems. And the problem is, if you don't do what you're told, then you can't buy food. Right. So any anybody who's read the Bible knows what the mark of the beast system is. Oh, yeah. And it says you can't buy or sell without the mark. So... Part of the challenge with CBDCs, David, is they are going to implement this with digital IDs that allow for authentication. Right. And between that digital ID and that authentication, you're talking about a Chinese social credit system where they can literally not just make up rules about what you can do with your money, but what you can do about your life. If they decide, you know, we don't like the way you're raising your child, so your child should come and live in our state orphanage. And if you don't allow your kid to do that, we will turn off your money. That's, that's unreal. And you know, the infrastructure electronically is already there to, for control. If anybody's ever experienced right. traveling and tried to make a purchase on a credit card or debit card, right. and it's declined. And then, well, that's the fraud protection for our protection. Uh, right. I think a lot of it, do you think, oh, I think a lot of it would be used a lot of that technology be used for our protection to start with, and it's already started. Do you think that's part of this system? So here's, yes, all of that is part of the system, and a lot of it will be marketed as this is us helping you. So one of the ways that it's going to be marketed is they try and get more and more people dependent on government payments. Right. And then if you want your government payment or if you want your u- universal basic income or you want your tax refund, you've got to get on the CBDC system and then they've got you. OK, right. so so, you know, it's back to the basics like food and shelter, 
you know, if they suddenly announce CBDC is legal tender and, you, you know, that's what you need to pay your mortgage or pay off your debts or pay taxes, that's why the bill in Tennessee to make gold and silver legal tender to protect you so you have options. You can't just have whatever the Fed says is legal tender. You have you have real options. So um, so let's get back to how this could be rolled out. So the 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 increased controls of the financial transaction system are being rolled out every day as we speak. So that's happening. You know, CBDC is the next step where, in fact, they can cut out all the small, small banks and credit unions. One of the most frightening things about this is America is blessed with uh, still a remarkable amount of small banks, community banks, savings banks, and credit unions. And Tennessee, one of the reasons Tennessee has a very grounded, healthy economy is because of those small banks and credit unions. What they can do is put everybody into a central bank digital currency and cut all those those banks, you know, and credit unions out. Now, they have said, the Federal Reserve has said to do a CBDC in America – that they want to get authorizing legislation, and they do need authorizing legislation. It would not surprise me to get that authorizing legislation. They persuade the small banks and credit unions that they'll cut them in for a piece of the action or have them do customer and tech support, you know, for now. But then down the line, they're going to cut them out. It's a no-brainer. They're going to cut them out. So if you're a small bank, if you're a small credit union, if you're a savings bank, a regional bank, you have every interest in not letting this happen as a business matter, but more important, as an individual, we all want freedom. And you cannot have freedom without freedom to to do financial transactions. So if I can have someone in Basel, Switzerland, or New York or Washington telling me what I can buy and where I can buy it, that's not freedom. That's control through a financial transaction system. Now, one of the things I really want to say, because, you know, I have all my life, you hear these people who warn about this great danger that's coming, you know, and they're fear mongers, and they always drive me crazy. And so here I am being a bit of a fear monger saying this bad, bad thing is coming. Now, I I will tell you, I've been warning about what I call the financial coup d'etat since I left Washington, you know, because I ran into it and I saw it. Um, But... This one, you know, you have to turn the boat before you hit the iceberg. And if you look at what the central bankers are doing to get each central bank in ability to do this and link up with each other, you know, they've been working on this, Dave, for years and years and years. One of my favorite videos is Aaron Rousseau, the Hollywood producer who made The Rose and Trading Places, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, uh interviewing did an interview before he died and said you know they've told me they want to chip everybody and richard werner who's the top academic scholar in the world on central banking has been told by the executive director of one of the top central banks in europe that they're planning on chipping us so you know and that's part of the system and they're going to sell that as convenience also inclusion (laughs) i don't know if you've heard this a big one is you know, 5% of Americans don't have a bank account, so this will help them get access to the banking system. Well, I got news because my home base is in Hickory Valley, Tennessee, and I'm sure 5% of my neighbors don't have uh, 
bank, banking accounts because I see them at the post office. We're right. all getting money orders. And I know they don't want a bank account. And I know exactly why they don't want a bank account. And the reason they don't want a bank account is they're smart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they got money orders and they drive down to the grocery store and they can pay their phone and utility bill sometimes in the grocery store, you know, or they can go to Western Union. They got plenty of ways of handling their, you know, their transaction business without, you know, getting in a bank. Right. So they don't need inclusion. They want protection from forced, you know, from being forced. Right. Anyway, so, so. If you go back through history, any time the central bankers can exercise a certain level of control, including slavery, they do. And if you look at the last time that slavery was outlawed, there were several things that drove the outlaw of slavery, in my opinion. One was they couldn't put down the Haitian rebellion and they were worried it would spread to North America. But the other was the bankers kept losing money because they had no way of perfecting collateral. Now, what does that mean? When I lend you money, you know, for you to buy a home, I can perfect collateral because I can put a mortgage on your home, right? right? That's perfecting collateral. So what would happen is you, you finance us, you know, a plantation owner would finance a slave, uh, get 50% loan to value. So let's say they buy a slave at a thousand, they get $500 financing. But then the commodities market crashes and they sell the slave west and your collateral is gone. And you na- you have no way of proving, you know, that that guy is your collateral, right? Right, yeah. But now with digital technology, with a digital ID or a vaccine passport, especially if you do chipping, you have a way of proving that human being is my collateral. And that means the the if you look at the reason they canceled slavery the last time, you know, they've solved those two problems now using digital technology. And, you know, essentially what they're planning on doing is going back to a slavery system. And I know that sounds very hard for most people to fathom, but I'm not saying that as somebody who's just studied this. I'm saying this as somebody, I've been a partner in Wall Street. I've been, you know, I've been an assistant secretary in Washington and I'm not talking about strangers. I'm talking about my old partners. <laughs> okay. And, and you know, I understand their frustrations with managing a large population and a growing population as resources are getting, you know, we're, we're hitting sort of problems with resources now that, that Asia is really rising and that's putting tremendous pressure. You know, the more people you have in the middle class, the more pressure on resources. So I understand and I empathize with all of the challenges they've had with managing a growing population. You know, the problem the central bankers have, Dave, is if, if there's no economic or financial reason for central banks to exist, we don't need central banks to issue the currency let alone to run debt-based money. So right. they've had quite a ride. And the challenge is if they don't, if they don't go to total control, they're going to lose control. And so they've decided to go to total control. And if you look at all the different laws the bankers have broken over the last 20 or 30 years, you know, there's no way they can keep what I call a negative return on investment economy going unless they double down on control. Yeah. You know, cause, cause you and I are going to say, well, wait a minute, you promised us all this retirement savings. 
where did the money disappear to? And then you're going to start asking questions and then, you know, there's a problem. Yeah. So as I near it, that age, as I near that age, uh, I want to get on the phone and call the social security office. And I would like to see a printout of my account, please. See, see what you've done with the money that you have been investing for me. I'd love to make that call, but I hadn't, I hadn't done it yet. <laughs> well, actually, if it's the, uh, on social security, they have to put it in the treasuries. So they put it in treasuries. And the problem, of course, with treasuries is starting in 1998, money started missing, going missing from the federal government and the federal government has re refused to produce financial statements. Imagine if you said to the IRS, you know something? I'm not going to provide you with my financials this year because I don't I don't feel like it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so that's what they've been doing. But but as money's been disappearing, they've been issuing the treasuries to get the money that's then disappearing, right? So you know, so you're you've got treasuries in this entity, and instead of the assets that you've financed with your bonds being there, they're out the door. Oh yeah. And I've, yeah. I've talked to several people, uh, and one gentleman, after he got on Social Security, he said, well, I'm glad I'm in, and I'm glad, I'm glad I've got my monthly check coming in because this is the biggest Ponzi scheme that's ever been. <laughs> so well, he makes But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a Ponzi scheme. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. And, you know, the... Part of the challenge is every time the establishment tried to put forward a balanced budget plan and responsible retirement plans in Washington, there was no political constituency. One politician once said there's no political constituency for financial responsibility. Wow. That's yeah, bad. so everybody everybody was there just to get more for themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's not everybody, but when I was in Washington, you know, I used to have a partner who who grew up on a small island, and he said, you know, the problem with America is just a big island, but it's so big, everybody doesn't realize. He said, when you grow up on a small island, you understand what goes around, comes around, and you don't try and take more than you create. You don't, you don't, you don't eat more than you grow because everybody right. knows it will come around. He said, but America forgot that, you know, they're just an island too. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, I, I, we've talked about this before. When we sat down, uh, we're in spiritual warfare at this moment. Yeah. And, yeah. um, I, I think that that's something that we have to realize as we try to combat this and, and maybe push back against it, that it is a spiritual war. Um, so that's the way to think about it. If do you want your financial transaction control system controlled by demonic forces? Right. That's the question. And I think we all know the answer to that. As as a Christian, I sit here, and it just gives me chills to know that this battle's taking place, and a lot of people don't know it. And it's it's scary, but at the same time, um, we know how this battle can end up. Well, here's uh, what you can say to a Christian. You know, we have this. So I wrote this article about I want to stop CBDCs. What can I do? It's up at Solaria.com, and it has a little cartoon. We have a wonderful cartoonist, and he's got a uh, somebody's checking out at the grocery store, and the woman who's checking, you know, the cashier uh, has a little button that says New World Order on it, and she says, she looks at the woman, she says, cash or slavery? 
yeah. Yeah, I saw because that. We can know when we check out with a credit card or a debit card or any digital, because this is about digital versus analog or right. digital versus real. Okay. Right. When you check out with any digital mechanism, they're tracking you. They're keeping a record. They're collecting intelligence on you. One of my favorite movies is uh, Enemy of the State with uh, Will Smith and Gene right, Hackman. Yeah. You know, they're tracking you, and they use that information to manage you, manipulate you, take advantage of you. And and that's why, you know, we do everything we can to say, you know, in a perfect world, if we were really had a wonderful govern, governance system, truly, we would want digital systems and physical systems, cash, analog, a balance of both. And what I'm saying to people is it's gone way too far to the digital, and that's how we get controlled centrally. We need to walk it back. We need to take it back. We need to make cash, you know, fashionable again. Yeah, and, and that's and what I think that um, this leads into the next question I was going to ask you is how we do fight back against it. And and I know you have cash every Friday. Uh, use cash on Fridays and I've started trying to do that myself. And, and so we're doing, so now it's cash every day. We're saying every right, time we yeah. send out a wrap up, I'll send some to you. We got window decals and bookmarks and, you know, we're trying to get everybody to spread these things around. So now we're doing cash every day. And what's amazing is the stories that come back. The stories that come back are incredible because it inspires a conversation between people and the businesses. You know, so I, I got a, I, I just get all these emails from subscribers. One said, you know, I was at, I won't say which store it was, but it was a store that, you know, we all need. We all go to local stores like this. And they said, you know, so I was, they were asking me, how come I started using cash? And I told them about Cash Friday and Cash Every Day. And they told me more and more people are using cash. And we got going. And I discovered that as if everybody paid with cash, they would save $2,500 a month on transaction fees. Oh, yeah. So that's $2,500 they would get, which is the difference between making a profit and not making a profit for many people. Oh, yeah. You're on those thin line already. That adds right. up. And, and so then she said, so we kept talking and we found out that if I, so I'll give it away as a dry cleaning store. If I just recycle and bring back all the hangers, you know, during a month's time, they can save a lot of money. Oh, for so sure. I've tired of telling all my friends to bring back the hangers. So we're all bringing back <laughs> our hangers. And she said, it's so much fun, you know, because you're beginning to have a relationship with people instead right. of just, yeah. So another one was uh, somebody out in California went to Costco. This is hysterical. And uh, her son wanted something from the pizza, the pizza bar. So she went up and ordered some pizza and then tried to pay with cash. And the woman said, we only take credit cards. She said, well, then I don't want the pizza, you know, because I only pay with cash. And the woman said, what's going on? This has been happening all day. And she said, you know, I have customer after customer just canceling their order because I won't take cash. What's, what's happening? Another one is somebody called a check company to order some new bank checks and couldn't get through and couldn't get through. Finally, when they got through, it took a couple of days. The woman said, I'm sorry, we're all working 12 hour shifts. We're going crazy because orders for bank checks have exploded. Wow. And when people order checks, we have to teach them how to use them because they've never used checks before. 
That's crazy. And I think that's a sign of the times. Um, we've got a younger generation that have been sold on the convenience of cards, not cash. And, and I know now there are a lot of local schools, um, for ball games and their concession stands will not take cash. They'll only take right. a, a debit card. And we're pushing back on that. Um, I, I think that all these are good signs that, that people see it and maybe they don't know what they're fighting against, but they, they understand, uh, not using cash is not a good thing. So that's, that's good. So what I see, and I see this everywhere I go, both in Europe and the United States is small business people realizing that the pandemic, a lot of the stuff that happened in the pandemic was about getting into their bank account and getting into their wallet and getting into yeah. their business and stealing their business. I mean, you saw all these small businesses shut down when the big business right next door is open. Oh, yeah. And they can smell it. And so they know the more you let them in, you know, into your digital business, the more dangerous it is for you. So that's why I'm saying don't, you know, CBDC is the, you know, sort of the last. Think of this as a control grid. Like we're sitting in a field and they're building the fence around us and they've got three sides up. And CBDC is the last, CBDC and digital IDs or vaccine passports, sort of the fourth side of the corral to snap in. Right. But we need to walk out now and we need to push the other walls down. So don't let the, you know, push against the controls on your credit card, push against the controls on your debit card, push against the controls on your bank. Absolutely. Get, get a good. If you're in Tennessee and you don't have a good local bank, shame on you. Because there, there are, are great, there yeah. are great local banks and credit unions in Tennessee and in Shelbyville. You know, you, you, you know, if you're in one of the New York Fed member banks and in living in Tennessee, you're financing the guys who did the financial coup d'etat, the financial crisis, the missing money from the U.S. government made off on and on and on. Why, why? It's like banking with the Russian mafia. Why would you do it? <laughs> really? It's not good. Um, no. Yeah, we do have plenty of opportunities, plenty of choices. Um, all throughout the South, most small towns have, have really good small banks. And, right. uh, and it seems that people gravitate toward those. Um, right. And, and, and that's, that's puts us a leg up maybe in, in pushing back uh, here yep. in the South. I, I think we're going to be ground zero for this battle. So, so think of it as, uh, you know, I, one of my favorite preachers used to say, intimacy into me see. What you want to have in all of your transactions, if you can get it, is you want to have an intimate relationship. You want to know your banker. And if there's a problem, you want to be able to speak to somebody who knows you, you know, and has known you hopefully for a while. Right. Yeah. You know, and who cares about you because, you know, their daddy was the banker for your daddy. You know, whatever exactly. it is, it's just yeah. history. You, you've got history together and you've got, you share community together and you've got a relationship and it's a relationship that's bigger than just money. Oh, no doubt about it. I, you right. know, there are generational banks here, um, that are privately owned and, and have stayed local. Uh, you know, there's been turnover, but there's always been a couple right. of banks around that 
the banker is like the son of the of the banker and and we went to school together now and he's the president and it's going to carry on another generation it looks like and that that's so, an average small town i believe so i'm going to get on my soapbox and give a, another little speech um if you look at you know part part of the challenge with the media in america is the media is busy selling you on the people that you can't trust So you're thinking the people you can't trust are some kind of hot stuff. And you just told me about a great thing you're doing at Shelbyville now about hidden treasures. Right. So, so talking about the local businesses and, you know, what's there and what they do and what's special about them. Because now you're talking about, you know, people who are people you can trust, people you can do business with, and people who have real skills and talents, but the media is not pushing them because that doesn't make, you know, that's not great for Wall Street. If you shop with them, that's not that's not helping Wall Street, right? That's helping Main Street. Exactly. Right. So yeah. we've yeah. got to start realizing, you know, Main Street's pretty fashionable. you you got to stop thinking of the people who are your enemy as being fashionable and the people who are your friends as being not so fashionable, you got to reverse that. Yeah, and you see uh, all these small businesses around. They're the ones that support the local sports teams that, that the kids right. They're the ones that do the sponsorships. They're the ones that buy the jerseys. They're the ones that are supporting. And um, I think we've got some traction around this area of, of people getting back to spending money with local-owned businesses, and that's that's a push we're going to continue. So I got to brag because, you know, I live in Hickory Valley and we're a lot smaller than Shelbyville. So you're like a big town. But <laughs> oh, wow. uh, we have a great mayor in Hickory Valley and he's got an electric company. And um, and so when the you know, when it snows and the lines go down, you know, and normally you'd have to wait for the electric company to come out one, two, three days. Oh, yeah. Our mayor does not wait. He just gets his crew out right then and wow. fixes the electrical lines and. No, but that's what you get from having a great local electrical yep. business, right? That's it. Right? That's it. We have that that's... very same thing here. Uh, we're not yeah. dependent on outside forces. <laughs> we, we've got a, a local company. Yeah, but let me tell you something. You get CBDCs. CBDCs are going to be used to squeeze all those local companies out, and then you're going to totally be dependent on your enemies for you name it, whether it's energy, whether it's food, and, of course, the food won't be real food. Our wrap up, our annual wrap up, the big picture, the big uh, theme is called pharma food and it's about synthetic um, food and lab grown meat. And it's the worst thing you've ever read. And let me tell you something. One of the reasons we're publishing this is because after our audience reads this, they are going to go out and get serious about supporting their local farmers and building a local and, and getting, you know, supporting the state legislators who are getting food freedom legislated and protected as they are in Tennessee. So, you know, it, it's a way of helping people. You know, it's the food version of CBDCs because they're tied. But if, if you allow CBDCs to happen, you're going to be eating lab-grown meat. So get out there and yeah, start financing your local farmers, but don't, don't let them control your financial transactions because then they control every aspect of your life. Yeah, for sure. And I tell you, there's something that's changed locally here in the past few years. We have a couple of uh, very good meat processing plants close by, small, family-operated. 
and they're booming. Their business is just through the roof right now. And that's, right. to me, that's a good sign that people are starting to see. I trust these folks. Right. And, um, it's, it's something fantastic to, to watch grow. I mean, yeah. they, every one of them could expand right now. Uh, and they probably will. Uh, right. one other thing I, I, my sister started, um, growing her own, her own little garden and she doesn't have a lot of room and she found a product called green stalk, which is a, a pyramid of pots that sets up and it doesn't occupy much space. And she, uh, she brought tomatoes and beans and just uh-huh. constantly that, that uh, she was uh, had to give them away because she had so really? much herself. And it's a, wow! A fantastic I got to write this product. down. And, I've, it, and it's made right here in Knoxville, uh, in Tennessee, in Knoxville. Uh-huh. Uh It's a neat little a company that uh, has something going on, and people are starting to have back porch gardens. It's it's interesting. It's a real, and that's something that. Um, that I'm going to maybe chronicle this year, try to uh, uh, show the process so p- more people can do it at home. Um, that would be wonderful. Fresh, fresh produce. It's interesting. Because, you know, because it's not zero or one. It's not like you got to grow all your own food. Right. But just do a little bit. I just talked to, uh, I just interviewed a wonderful financial planner today who's had chickens for about, he used to work on Wall Street and he said something's wrong. And, you know, he, <laughs> He got out, became a financial planner, but they raise their own chickens because they want really good eggs. And um, I, I said to him, you know, Tim, I just talked to somebody who said that the, I think it was at Sprouts, the organic eggs are $10 a dozen. It's <laughs> unreal. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Catherine, in, in winding this down, and I know you have the, the plan for a family to push back against this, Um and I think it's starting to happen in a lot of areas. Um, so how would you encourage a family? If you, you've had a family sitting down in front of you, how would, how would you encourage them today to say, you need to push back on this, uh, right. CBDC and fight for your freedom? If you could just sum it up in a nutshell. Sure. Say to them? So, so everybody's different and you have to do what is practical for you. So the first thing I would do is I would sit down and look at where you spend your time over the week and figure out, okay, where can I get a couple of hours? Maybe I stop watching this TV show or I cut out something that I don't like doing, but where can I find some time to think through how I might go about this? Because I have to go about this in a way that saves me money and saves me time. It has to give me energy. It has to be practical. And so I'd start to think about, okay, where, how can you stop using online payment systems or credit cards and digital systems and start using cash? And I would start doing that, see how it goes. I would definitely come into, and I'll send you the link to Solari and look at how do I stop CBDCs? What can I do? I would definitely educate yourself and start to educate your friends. So I would, if you enjoy this show, send it to others. So send it to others and start talking about, well, what does this mean to us? I would certainly, if you're in a good church, I would definitely bring this up in Bible class, and I would definitely bring this up to the preacher because, you know, we're Christians, and, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about all of this and about transaction control. You know, so I would start to talk with the you know, and when I want to know what I do about something, Dave, I just always pray on it. So I, I would be bringing it up in women's Bible. You know, I would bring it up at women's. You can bring it up in men's. 
but, oh, yeah. Yeah. but I would be praying about it and I would be talking to people about it. And, and we have up in Solari a couple letters that you can write to your banker or you can use with your financial professionals, other, other people like if you have a tax preparer and talk about, you know, what do you think about this and what does this mean to me and what can we do? So part of it is just getting yourself and other people educated. But for the one thing you can do is just roll back the digital systems in your life. Get, get the invasion of your privacy as far out of your life as you can. Yeah. That's, uh, that's sound advice for sure. And, and Catherine, I want to throw out your website, um, for anybody that, that heard you just mention it. It is www.solari.com. A lot of good free content there. And you can also subscribe to get your annual reports or do you come out quarterly with those now? What, uh, we, we do, well, we do wrap ups quarterly, but we do weekly interviews. There's what we try and do is our core material. We want to make it free. And of course, anything we do on public policy or when we enter, interview a government official, it's always free. So there's a ton of free stuff. Don't feel like you have to subscribe. Subscriptions are for people who want to go deeper. Right. Um, I do a weekly show that just tracks the news and says, okay, here's what's happened this week. So it's really, it's designed for people who need a good map of what's going on in the world and, and don't want to spend a lot of time reading or watching the news. So it's, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to help people. Our focus is on actionable intelligence. I always say there's news, there's entertainment, and then there's actionable intelligence. And of course there's disinformation. So we're just trying to get people actionable intelligence really about how to organize their lives so it serves their purpose and they don't get tricked or harvested because I, you know, I was an investment advisor for 10 years and it was just heartbreaking to see how people get taken advantage of. Oh yeah. So yeah. Well, I've enjoyed just going to your site on a daily basis and, and I'm always picking up something and learning something. <laughs> so I encourage everybody to visit the site and um, check out what's there. Uh, you're going to learn a lot if you just start digging in on, on the free content there and, and watch the videos. You've got something going all the time, and, and it's enjoyable. Right. Catherine, I appreciate you sitting down and taking your time to share with here people here in Tennessee uh, your thoughts on the digital currency that's coming and, and the way we can push back on it. And I look forward to maybe sitting down again with you real soon. Oh, we're definitely, I'm coming over in April. We're going to, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to cook up something. Okay. That sounds good. Maybe you can get <laughs> well, down you know, here. You know how I always end the uh, Solari report is I always say, uh, uh, don't ask if there's a conspiracy. If you're not in one, you need to start one. There you go. <laughs> All right. Catherine, thanks again. And uh, we look forward to sitting down with you real soon. And guys, thanks for watching.